RP Fighting Blindness, number 106, Spring 2003, the newsletter of the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society. Your readers are Jerry Rust, Susie Smith, David Pickering, and Terry Penny. We are all members of the Old Jailers Music and Drama Group from Buckingham. In this issue, editorial, secretary's notes, helpline, welfare, AGM 2003, fundraising, welcome boost, research, eye protection, velodrome, holidays, branch news, letters and obituaries. The BRPS is grateful to Lloyd's TSB PLC for sponsorship of this newsletter. Under our system for providing you with a taped version of the BRPS newsletters, you no longer need to return the tapes after you've listened to them. British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society, Registered Charity number 271729. Honorary Secretary, Mrs Linda Cantor, MBE, BRPS PO Box 350, Buckingham, MK181 GZ. Telephone 01280-821-334 for office inquiries. Email info at brps.org.uk. Website www.brps.org.uk. Welfare Manager, Mrs Anne Fisher, 4 Middle Street, Thriplow, near Royston, Hertfordshire, SG8 7RD. Telephone number 01763 208045. Helpline number 01280 Membership subscriptions. Single membership, £10. Subscriptions which are due on the 1st of January should be made out to BRPS and sent to the Secretary at BRPS PO Box 350, Buckingham MK181GZ. Any donations above the £10 subscription will be most welcome and received with grateful thanks. Braille copies. Please contact the office if you need your newsletter in Braille. Editorial from Selwyn Higgins. Do you believe in lucky breaks? They happen occasionally. By the end of 2002, we were getting a little worried over the low fundraising figure compared to previous years. This came at a time when we had commitments involving several large grants. Branch fundraising was a little down, but more or less holding its own. The shortfall seemed to be due to the fact that in recent years we'd received one or two large donations, welcome gifts that somehow failed to happen this year. Suddenly, just before Christmas, fate smiled upon us with the most generous donation that put the smiles back on everyone's faces. Thanks are due to those members who put in so much effort to achieve this. It brings to mind the saying recently quoted by one of our West of Scotland members, If you dinner ask, you dinner get. It is this spirit of optimism that has driven us forward to the position we are in today. Our support for research began with the wild hope that we could achieve something against all the odds. Why not? What seems impossible is often achievable. Whilst writing this, I've just heard that England beat Australia in the fifth test match. How's that for determination? It is now becoming clear that some very positive results are emerging on the RP research front and after 25 years we are eagerly awaiting news that the first human trial has been initiated. Every month we hear one more obstacle being cleared and perhaps this will be the year when we can announce that piece of news that we are all waiting for. Meanwhile, we press on with the work with hope in our hearts and a positive bounce in our step. 
Have a good new year. Secretary's notes from Linda Cantor. I would like to acknowledge all the kind seasonal greetings we received at the office. It means a lot to us all. Thank you too for all the donations sent with your subscriptions. And to those of you who tick the gift aid box. What a small RP world we live in. 30 odd years ago when I was diagnosed with RP, I had never met anyone else with the condition. My son, Anthony, recently started work at a ski resort in the French Alps. On his second week, a lady amongst the new arrivals told him that she could not see in the dark. Anthony asked her if she had RP, to which she replied that she had. It turned out that the lady was none other than the chairman of our newly formed London branch, Iona Stern. What a coincidence. A word of warning, my guide dog, Laddie, is my independence, friend, comforter and a great source of joy. A tremendous amount of hard work goes into this relationship. When I was in the park a few days before Christmas, an unknown lady threw a stick for him. This pierced under his tongue and resulted in a dash to the animal hospital, where he had to undergo stitches under a general anaesthetic. So please do not be tempted to throw sticks for any dog. It is not worth the risk. There are plenty of safe dog toys available in pet shops. I'm looking forward to spring and this year's AGM in Bournemouth in June. I'm sure you will all support the Dorset and Hampshire branches who are currently who are jointly hosting this year's AGM. BRPS Helpline. Can you help? We are looking for volunteers to join our helpline team. Applicants must be members of the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society and be good and empathetic listeners. The ability to take and maintain confidential records is essential, as is a basic knowledge of RP and associated retinal dystrophies. Computer literacy would be helpful, but this is not essential. We are looking to cover daytime sessions, three and a half hours per session, between 9.30am and 5pm Monday to Friday. Please write, enclosing a pen picture of yourself, to Mrs Anne Fisher, National Welfare Manager, 4 Middle Street, Thriplow, near Royston Hearts, SG87RD, or email fisherclive, that's all one word, at hotmail.com. If you are unsure and would like an informal chat with our helpline team leader, either telephone Steve Goulden on 0161 282 9534 between 6pm and 9pm, Monday to Friday, or send an email to stephen.goulden, that's G-O-U-L-D-E-N, 4, that's the numeral 4, at ntlworld.com. Welfare news from Anne Fisher. RNIB and Vodafone have joined forces in making a mobile phone accessible for blind and partially sighted people. A speech-enabled mobile phone will be launched this month. Synthetic speech is installed into the Nokia 9210i communicator so you can send and receive text messages and access all menu systems. Billing and information of all kinds, including promotional material, is also more accessible. A range of companies have become interested in telecommunications for the visually impaired and in March there is another product becoming available, a data communicator, a mobile phone with data function, which means it has diary and calendar functions. Call RNIB Customer Services on 08457 023 153 or visit any Vodafone store. Moorfields Eye Hospital operates a helpline for people with queries about cataracts, glaucoma or any other problems associated with eyes. Helpline number 0207 566 2345. 
Sensory Travel is a new company offering a holiday service for visually and hearing impaired travellers. As part of Accessible Travel and Leisure, the UK's leading accessible holiday specialists, they have access to a wide selection of holidays. Beach holidays, cruises, city breaks, exotic locations and adventure. They can advise you on the best destination to suit your travel ambition and needs. They can also arrange special aids to improve the accessibility and the quality of any holiday. For more information, contact Anita Francis on 01452 725802. Email Anita at accessibletravel.co.uk. The website www.accessibletravel.co.uk. Changing Room star Handy Andy will be launching the first ever DIY book for blind and partially sighted people. While wearing a pair of SIM specs, glasses which attempt to show what someone with a serious eye condition can see, he will be set the task of completing a number of DIY chores. The author Martin Best, who is registered blind, says that Andy will show that, contrary to popular belief, people with sight loss can do home maintenance. The RNIB's book is a safe, easy-to-follow guide covering many basic household tasks. Copies of the book are available in large print, tape and braille and cost £5. To order the book, call RNIB Customer Services on 0845 702 3135. Torch Trust for the Blind produces a text calendar in braille at £2 and in giant print at £2. Order from Torch Trust for the Blind, telephone 01858 555 371. The Royal London Society for the Blind's Use It Again project supports visually impaired organisations, schools and individuals throughout the third and developing world. There is a great need for white canes, braille watches or clocks, etc. Send to Dorian, D-O-R-I-A-N, Use It Again, R-L-S-B, Dorton House, Seal, near Sevenoaks, Kent, TN15OEB, or telephone 01732 Seven seven nine three seven four. Because of the popularity of the RNIB 60s Rock and Roll Weekend in January 2002, another has been arranged for the 26th to the 29th of September. If you are interested, contact Mrs Lisa Carter, RNIB Palm Court Hotel, Burlington Place, Eastbourne. Telephone 01323 725811. For more information, contact Jill Allen King on 01702-477-899. The RNIB has published a magazine covering the Cricket World Cup in South Africa. The magazine provides information such as a list of the fixtures, team-by-team guide, history of the World Cup and history of the stadiums, etc. World Cup Cricket 2003 magazine costs £4 and can be ordered from RNIB Customer Services on 08457-023153. AGM 2003, Alan Foster. For our 27th annual general meeting, we'll be going to the seaside at Bournemouth on Saturday the 21st of June. Some time ago, the Dorset and Hampshire branches had a look at Bournemouth University as a possible venue, and the conference facilities there are excellent. It is hoped that many members will take the opportunity to make a weekend of it in this attractive resort. The actual venue is at Talbot Campus between Bournemouth and Poole. Full directions will be included in the summer newsletter, which will also include a programme for the day. 
The university normally has to deal with hordes of students, of course, which means that on a Saturday our requirements will be easily accommodated. A large modern lecture theatre will be available for the main business of the day, and close by are areas for eating and gathering as well as the usual exhibitions. Facilities for refreshments will be available, which, even for students these days, seem to be attractive and nutritious. There is ample parking at the university, and transport from Poole and Bournemouth is good. For members who wish to make it a weekend or longer holiday, the Bournemouth Tourist Board has been very helpful. The 2003 brochures are only now being put together, but the Tourist Board can be contacted on 0906 802 0234 or 01202 451 700 for accommodation inquiries. Their website is www.bournemouth.co.uk or you can email on info at bournemouth.gov.uk. There are of course many hotels and other accommodation of all standards in the area. Steve and Adrian Harris of the Hampshire branch have looked at some of these and can provide information on hotels in the Westcliff district, which is convenient for the town, the beaches and the university. Give them a call on 023 8047 6894. An interesting programme for the day is being put together and full details will appear in the summer newsletter. In general terms, the structure of the day will follow the lines of recent years, with an exhibition and information desks throughout the morning and presentations by some of the exhibitors. The formal AGM business will follow with the customary welfare and research sessions in the afternoon. There will be an election to the post of Public Relations Manager and nominations for this post should be sent to the BRPS office before the 31st of May, signed by a proposer and two seconders, one of whom must be a trustee. To round off, we shall have the prize draw at the end of the afternoon. Details of the programme, exhibitors and speakers will be listed in the summer newsletter. In the meantime, it would be a great help in setting the AGM facilities at the right level if members who hope to come could telephone the office on 01280 821 334 by the 31st of May with the following information. 1. Number in your party attending the AGM. 2. Will you be staying on for light refreshments and the annual draw? 3. Would you wish to purchase sandwiches for your lunch? 4. Will you be arriving by car or minibus? 5. Will there be a guide dog in your party? As in previous years, this is not a firm booking, but the information will be helpful. Fundraising Income 2002 by Colin MacArthur For the first time since I took over as fundraising manager five years ago, total funds received in 2002 were down markedly on previous years. This was not due to any lack of effort on the part of the fundraising team or the dedicated hard work carried out by the branches and individual members. It has become more difficult to obtain funds from companies, trusts and foundations in the recent economic climate and there were no large legacies coming through in 2002. In view of this, if we are to achieve our goals of treatment trials and a cure for RP, we must all pull together to make sure funds are available in the coming years. How would we all feel if a research project or treatment trials had to be postponed through lack of cash? I am motivated by the fact that one day part or all of my eyesight will be restored and that my children, when planning a family, will not have to consider RP. Don't leave it to other people. 
It is estimated that some 25,000 families in this country are affected by RP, but we still only have 3,000 members. If you know of anybody who has the eye disease, then encourage them to join us. This would boost our annual income and help support the work of the society. If any of you feel awkward about raising money, I have included the ABC of fundraising ideas to assist you to find something you feel comfortable with. Every amount that you raise will help maintain the planned research programme towards treatment trials. If you require any help, contact Head Office or myself on 01702 710518 or join in with your nearest branch. 100 Club in the autumn issue of Fighting Blindness, I wrote to ask if members would be interested in joining a 100 club. Unfortunately, the response was not enough to warrant starting the scheme, so this idea will not go ahead. Thank you to those members who took the trouble to contact the office to say that they would be interested. The ABC of Fundraising Ideas A is for abseiling, assault course, austerity lunch, auction, awful tie competition. B is for barbecue, ball, barn dance, banquet, bring and buy, bed push, balloon race, bingo, Burns night party and beard shave. C is for county show, challenges and contests, car boot sales, cheese and wine party, coffee morning, collections, cake sale and carol singing. D is for dinner, disco, dance, dance-a-thon, darts match, dog show, donations. E is for Easter egg hunt, exhibition. F is for fancy dress party, flower arranging, fashion show, fate, 50s night, fish and chip evening, flower festival, fun run, football match. G is for guessing games, name the doll all the way to the cake, garage sale, garden party, gift aid, give as you earn. H is for hooker duck, hoopla, Halloween party. I is for it's a knockout, in memoriam donations, in lieu of flowers. J is for jam making, jumble sale, jazz event, jelly deal eating. K is for karaoke, kidnap and ransom, knees up party. L is for lecture, local personality, lunch, lookalike competition, legacies, remember the charity in your will. M is for makeup demo, midsummer ball, mile of pennies. N is for nearly new sale. O is for opera evening, one day fast, 100 club. P is for pub cards, pennies in a jar, palm reading, pancake race, plant sale, pram race, pub crawl, parachute jump, picnic, prize draw, order extra tickets. Q is for quiz night, quasar challenge. R is for raffle, race night, restaurant party, rag week. Contact school or university to be the charity of the year. S is for sponsored anything, stalls and sideshows, store stroke street collections, Sherry mornings, Skittles, Sunday brunch, supper party, swimathon. T is for tombolas, table sales, tandem stroke cycle ride, talent contest, tea dance, teddy bears picnic, tug of war, ten pin bowling. U is for ugly face pulling, university challenge. V is for vicars and clowns party, Valentine's Day dance. W is for walks, sponsored, stride for sight. Wheel of Fortune, Whist Drive, Wine Tasting. X is for X Marks the Spot, Christmas Cards, Birthday, Wedding and Gifts in RP Web Ivory Catalogue. Y is for Yard of Ale Competition, Yo-Yo Competition. Z is for Zoo Trips or Any Day Out, 
and Zoo Quiz. Welcome Booster Fundraising, a wonderful donation from a City of London firm by Sophie Montgomery. Each year, Garban Intercapital, one of the world's largest money-broking companies, gives a trading day to a chosen charity, and BRPS was in the frame for 2002. A small group of representatives from BRPS were invited along on the day, together with a number of celebrities who had come along to support their chosen charities. The result for BRPS was a single donation of £100,000. In the letter of thanks to Garban Intercapital, the trustees have told how exceptional and how highly valued this gift has been. I'm sure I speak for all branch fundraisers when I say thank you, Garban Intercapital. Back in the real world, the contributions of all of us represent the patient tenacity of our workers, each of us knowing that we are making a real contribution to the RP research, which will eventually conquer this, our common enemy. Research news. No major breakthroughs to report this time, but as you know by now, they will always happen just after I send the newsletter to the printers. Members will recall that I mentioned in the last issue of Fighting Blindness, Omar Pathmanaban had submitted a very interesting article on stem cells, and that I would produce this as a booklet. It is now available. It describes stem cells and their potential for use in the treatment of retinal problems in simple terms. Some gene therapy treatments should emerge in the near future. Stem cell therapy is perhaps a little further down the line, but it has tremendous potential for the replacement of dead cells. If you would like a copy of the booklet, please contact the BRPS office on 01280 821 334. Since the last issue, BRPS has awarded three more research grants. These are to Dr Franz Kremers of University Medical Centre Nijmegen for a three-year project to identify three more genes responsible for autosomal dominant retinal dystrophies. To Andrew Webster of the Institute of Ophthalmology, London, for two years' research into the molecular characteristics of Usher syndrome. To Dr Stephanie Halford of Imperial College, London, for a one-year project to analyse CDSI, which is a candidate for retinitis pigmentosa. Eye protection. With summer on the way, it is perhaps appropriate to warn members to take great care not to expose their eyes to excessive blue light. Since the mid-1980s, we have advised on the wearing of good quality sunglasses that exclude ultraviolet and even light in the visible blue range. One of our members, Ian Pizer of Mediview, who produces a range of blue block lenses, has written the following helpful article explaining the problem with blue light. Effects of Blue Light on Vision by Ian Pizer Most of us would readily accept if asked there is an established and unquestionable link between the exposure of our skin to excessive sunlight and a variety of conditions, ranging from accelerated ageing or wrinkles to more serious health issues such as skin cancer. Consequently, it may come as no surprise that the eye, being the very organ that concentrates and focuses light, is also prone to its more damaging effects. It is ultraviolet, UV, light, the part of the spectrum which is invisible to the human eye that rightly gets a lot of adverse publicity. It is the UV with its high energy radiation that is absorbed by the crystalline lens in the eye and is a widely accepted cause of cataracts. For this reason, we are rightly advised to ensure that sunglasses are 100% UV absorbing. However, with around 99% of the UV that enters the eye being absorbed by the crystalline lens, it is clear that the delicate light-sensitive retina is in fact well protected from this. With only around 1% of UV reaching the retina, we can conclude that UV plays little part in the damage of retinal cells. But what about visible blue light? 
where invisible UV stops in the spectrum, the visible colours begin. The first part of the visible spectrum is the high-energy visible HEV blue light, which is by nature scattered and diffused short-wave light. A young healthy eye has a degree of protection, just as our skin contains the pigment melanin to protect itself from harmful rays, we find this same substance in the eye. Here the presence of melanin has a similar function to the black paint in the back of a camera. By absorbing the HEV blue light, the melanin stops it being reflected and scattered, which would otherwise prevent the formation of a clear image on the retina. Unfortunately, melanin levels steadily reduce as we grow older, coinciding with the retina's increasing failure to absorb sufficient quantities of vital antioxidants and its more sluggish removal of metabolic waste products. Consequently, the loss of ocular melanin in the ageing eye increases the risk of cell damage to the retina. The protection against HEV blue light is seriously reduced. Aside from this, it is also the cause of common symptoms often experienced by those with retinal degenerations. These include excessive glare, reduced contrast, visual discomfort and poor light adaption when moving from sun to shade. It is once again the scattered and diffused shortwave blue light which is to blame here. Bouncing around chaotically as it enters the eye and without a rich content of melanin to absorb it, it scatters, causing the hazy effect we call glare. Glare not only causes discomfort but reduces image quality and contrast too. With the ageing eye's low melanin level, and the subsequently poor absorption of HEV, the retinal cells are subjected to large doses of blue light, which increases cell death rate and reduces their ability to recover once light intensity drops, i.e. when moving back into the shade, leading to poor adaptation. Sunglasses may absorb 100% UV, as will various UV overspecs, but as we have seen, very little UV reaches the retina, suggesting that such sunglasses are in fact not necessarily sufficient if we are to provide the ultimate protection to the retina. Retina International have issued a statement which concludes, On the basis of recent research data, the Scientific and Medical Advisory Board of Retina International strongly recommends UV and blue-blocking sunglasses for patients affected by retinal degenerations and dystrophies. The general standard for sunglasses is that they will block out light with wavelengths shorter than 400 nanometers. This will protect against UV, but it will not exclude visible blue light. Here a protection against all wavelengths below 470 nanometers is needed. This protection is provided by blue blocking glasses. For more information on this subject and details of blue block lenses, readers can contact Ian Pizer on 020-8933-7914 or email info at mediview.co.uk. Parents Link Group just a reminder that the Parents Link Group will be meeting at the Sheraton Hotel in Blackpool on the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of March. You can obtain details by phoning Beryl Duggan on 01244 680 after 6 o'clock in the evening, please. Velodrome Experience by Roger Green to mark my 60th birthday, just a few months away, my daughters Joanne and Julie and son Anthony, together with their partners Andy, Lee and Katie, were determined to identify a challenging event for me to celebrate this so-called special occasion. It was arranged early since Julie and Lee would be travelling for a few months on the other side of the world and would not be there when that big day came round. 
On the Saturday of the first weekend in October, Margaret and I were royally entertained by the family, and I must confess I found it very hard being told time and again to keep my wallet in my pocket. During the Saturday, I was told that Katie had arranged for me to ride tandem with a top-class cyclist around the Manchester Velodrome. As some of you know, tandem cycling provides me with many hours of enjoyable recreational activity, most of it on my lovingly cared-for Longstaff tandem. However, I had never before ridden on a banked cycle track, never mind in the prestigious National Indoor Stadium, nor had I previously ridden a fixed-wheel tandem without brakes. On arrival at the velodrome, I was introduced to Andrea Ingram, the track development officer and chief coach with whom Katie had made the arrangements, and then to Graham Willman, who was to be my front rider for the scheduled one-hour session. Graham is a World Masters medalist on the team sprint with his club Yasumitsu Schlapp. Graham had never previously ridden with a visually impaired person and I guess was uncertain as to what to expect of me in this new cycling environment. He began by walking me round the track and described how it banked up to 45 degrees around the bends and that from top to bottom of that rise this represented a drop of 20 feet. I actually tried to climb up but quickly slipped back down again. He described to me and showed me the spectator seating arrangements around the track and how close they were to the riders when they were at the top of the rise, separated by a barrier. We began by doing a few laps, each lap was 250 metres, around the flat part of the track. We then quickened the pace as we climbed into the angular surface of the track and went through a few manoeuvres which took us to the top of the 45 degree climb and then down again to demonstrate the degree of descent, followed by a swift right turn, power on, as we climbed back up again and so on. Someone has described it to me as like cycling around an oval shaped cereal bowl. As my confidence grew, Graham suggested that we could have a go at a flying 200. Initially, this meant building up the tempo for a few laps, then significantly quickening the pace for 50 yards, followed by a shout of let's go and giving it everything you had at the top of the climb for 200 metres, at the end of which I was totally knackered. We then rode around a further few laps whilst I recovered my breath, eventually coming to rest to take in some liquid refreshment. Recovery complete, more of the same continued through the remainder of this hour's session, which passed by amazingly quickly. For me, this was a most exhilarating and breathtaking experience, and one which I'm sure will remain with me for a very, very long time to come. I was told later that the Flying 200 was timed at 12.7 seconds, and that our speed got up to 35 miles per hour. Phew! My family tell me that they found the event a most exciting occasion, and that there were gasps of disbelief in that it was me, now nearly 60, they were watching, hurtling around this track at high speed, and where I seemed to be almost horizontal when riding around the top of the bends. It was also great to have my two grandsons, Tom and Will, present, watching their popper, and who knows, I may have inspired two more young budding cyclists. The velodrome most certainly provided me with a most wonderful experience. Thanks go to all the family, Andrea and Graham, for making it possible. That is the end of side one of the tape. Please turn over to listen to side two.
holidays. Each year around this time, I make a few suggestions for holiday addresses. By now, most of you will know of the hotels which make special arrangements for the visually impaired. As a reminder, I have included the telephone numbers of a few, but it is becoming clear that more and more visually impaired people are showing an interest in activity holidays, so I have concentrated on those this year. First, a few hotels. RNIB Palm Court Eastbourne, 01323 725 811. RNIB Century Hotel Blackpool, 01253 354 598. And the Belmont Hotel Clandidno, 01492 877 770. Action for Blind People run four hotels. The Russell Hotel, Bodnar Regis, the Lauriston in Western Supermare, the Windermere Manor in the Lake District, and the Clifton Hotel, Tainmouth. The details of these telephone ABP on 020 7635 4906. Don't be put off by the expression activity holidays. Some of them can be quite relaxing, and I'm sure there must be something described below that will appeal to many of you. Bristol University will be running their usual summer courses and five of these are outlined below. You can find out the full details of these courses by telephoning Glynis Williamson on 0117 954 5710. Week 1, 27th of April to the 2nd of May, Somerset. From the sweet track to the M5, the human influence on the natural resources of Somerset. Week 2, 29th of May to the 1st of June, Bristol, long weekend. House and Home, a short history of domestic architecture in the Bristol area. Week 3, 28th of June to 4th of July, Bristol. From wood to silicon, it's a material world. From page to stage, exploring the creative process that turns words into a dramatic performance. Week 4, 20th to the 26th of September, Somerset. Marching in the Mendips, a geological, ecological and historical exploration. For lovers of the countryside and its natural history, there are courses offered by the Kingscombe Centre in Dorset. The five courses listed below are structured to suit the blind and partially sighted. Monday 14th to Friday 18th of April. The Dorset countryside in springtime. Leaders Nigel Spring, Pauline Lowry and friends. A four-day holiday for visually impaired adults and their sighted helpers. We shall explore many corners of the Dorset countryside with visits to the woods for the bluebells and primroses, to local gardens for the early bulbs and to the coast to experience the movements of wintering wildfowl and waders on their journey north and the arrival of the spring songbirds from the south. Not forgetting, of course, the beautiful West Dorset villages, farms and churches. If you are not accompanied by a sighted helper, we can provide one. Fees for visually impaired adults, £135. For sighted helpers, £80. Friday the 9th to Sunday the 11th of May, the birds of Kingcombe and Powerstock and their songs. Tutors Graham and Catherine Whitby with Nigel Spring. A two-day introduction to the birds of Kingcombe and Powerstock areas, particularly for those who want to identify birds by their songs and calls. The resident birds as well as the migrants will all be in full voice. The weekend will include a dawn walk. Graham and Catherine Whitby have been birdwatching in Dorset since 1975 and for much of that time ran the South Dorset group of the RSPB.
They are now BTO regional representatives for Dorset. Fees, concession for visually impaired participants £100 per person, £50 for sighted guides. Monday the 12th to Friday 16th of May, the Birds of Dorset and their songs. Tutors Nigel Spring and Gary Dennis. During this four-day course we shall explore some of the best bird habitats in Dorset, woodlands, heathlands, salt marsh, sand dunes, sea cliffs, etc. at a time when the summer migrants will have returned and all the birds will be in fine voice. This course should be of great interest to visually impaired as well as sighted naturalists, to beginners as well as the more experienced. There will be plenty of opportunities for recording birdsong and we have professional equipment for you to use if you would like to borrow it. Fees. Concessionary fee for visually impaired adults, £135. £80 for a sighted helper. Monday the 14th to Friday the 18th of July, the Dorset countryside in summer, led by Nigel Spring and friends. A general interest holiday for blind and partially sighted people and their companions, which will suit anyone with a love of the countryside. We should explore many of the facets of the varied Dorset landscape, the secret hamlets, the rich woodlands, the ancient hill forts and some of the country's lovely churches, not to mention the spectacular coast and the cream teas. Concessionary fees, £135 for visually impaired adults and £80 for sighted spouses or friends attending as guides. Monday the 6th to Friday 10th of October, the sounds of nature in autumn. A four-day course for blind and partially sighted naturalists, during which we shall explore the rich Dorset countryside to listen to and record the sounds of nature in autumn. We shall hope to visit several coastal habitats, the heathlands and the inland wooded areas, and would expect to hear rutting deer, summer migrant bird species as they pass through on their way south, and newly arrived winter visitors, particularly the wildfowl and waders on the estuaries. In one autumn's bird course, nearly 100 species were seen, and 57 were heard in one weekend. Fees, £135 for visually impaired adults and £80 for sighted spouses or friends acting as guides. The Kingcombe Centre is a small residential study centre in converted farm buildings beside the River Hook and is surrounded by over 500 acres of idyllic, unspoilt farmland or nature reserve. The accommodation is very comfortable, some bedrooms now have private facilities and the cooking excellent a perfect base from which to explore the Dorset landscape and its wildlife. For further details about these and the rest of the 2003 programme, contact the Kingcombe Centre, Toller Porkerham, Torchester, Dorset, DT20EQ, telephone 01300320684 or fax 01300321 409. Email at uk Website www.kingcom-centre.demon.co.uk Branch News Avon Branch, Pauline Fraser By the time you read this, spring will be with us once more. Here in the Avon branch, we've had a fairly busy year in both fundraising and socially. Our supermarket collections have been slightly down this year, as Rachel King, who arranges these collections, is finding it increasingly difficult to obtain dates at supermarkets, especially at weekends. 
However, we were able to send £2,900 to the research fund in 2002. Our first social event was a branch Skittles evening in March, held at the Beehive pub. This was well supported by friends and turned out to be a very noisy and fun-filled evening. On the 15th of June, we held our annual quiz night at Shirehampton Golf Club, a superb venue on a summer evening. As always, this was enjoyable, even though the questions were somewhat more difficult this year and the refreshments were delicious. In September, we received the sad news that Francis Hindle, our welfare officer, would be forced to retire due to ill health. We now understand that she is recovering slowly and send our sincere thanks for the work she's put in for our branch and include our best wishes for better health in 2003. We welcome our new welfare officer, Debbie James, and look forward to working with her in the coming year. Our AGM was held on the 5th of October when our chairman Ben Pullen and all the present committee were re-elected. Our speaker this year was Tim Jones from the Department of Experimental Psychology at Bristol University. He is involved in a mobility project involving a mini-camera worn as a pair of glasses linked to a mini-computer, at present carried in a backpack. It is hoped that the system will eventually be reduced to pocket size. A few of our members, myself included, have been assisting Tim and his team with the experiment. The final social event of the year, which is always well attended, was the Christmas lunch at Jury's Hotel, Bristol. Once again the meal was superb and the staff most helpful. Rachel King has arranged supermarket collections for the early part of the year and is corresponding with several more. As usual, we're always pleased to hear from people prepared to assist in a two-hour stint at one of these collections. Cambridge branch, Marion Mansfield. We concluded 2002 with a celebration lunch with family and friends and reflected on all our fundraising activities. Although a small branch, we are very united and our fundraising totals are monumental. Grateful thanks are due to all our hard-working roadies who are always there to support our cause. A coffee morning at my house in December raised £240 and a collection at Scottsdale's Garden Centre is still to be finalised. Events planned for 2003 are a dance on January the 18th at Thriplow, dancing to misspent youth, a talk in February from a family who has spent five years sailing around the world and a jumble sale in March. We wish you all a very happy and healthy 2003 and invite any local members needing information or support to telephone our welfare officer, Anne Fisher, on 01763 208045. Coventry and District Branch, Julie Norman. We would like to wish everyone a happy new year and say well done with all your hard work for RP in 2002. Like a few other branches, we found fundraising a hard slog this year but nonetheless we endeavoured to keep up morale with the odd social occasion. Sadly, we had to say goodbye to Charlie Baxter, who passed away on the 2nd of December 2002, aged 83. Our deepest condolences to his wife Gwen, daughter Jean Bartlam and all the family. Charlie was a true gentleman and the loveliest person you could ever wish to meet. We will all miss him. We welcome new members who we hope will continue to come and join in the gatherings and if possible volunteer the occasional hour or two to collect over the coming year. If anyone would like to do some of their own fundraising we would welcome any new ideas, thank you. We have our grand draw on February the 14th with the first prize of a holiday in Port Grimaud, south of France with travel supplied by Harry Shaw Travel for a family of four for one week plus many other prizes. We would like to thank everyone for their hard work and tireless support for the RP cause. We are grateful to everyone for giving up their time no matter how small. 
I would like to thank the committee for their continued support and to all the unsung heroes who work in the background doing their bit. Also to Linda and the team at head office, thank you one and all. If you would like to see what we have done over the year, have a look at our website www.the-eyesight.org. Good luck to everyone and may 2003 bring better things. Croydon and District Branch, Joe Rakanya. We have some great plans for this year, including a quarterly newsletter to our local group members. Our guest speaker for the end of March will be Helen Pointer, who will give us an exciting talk on art. Details of date and venue will be sent out nearer the time. Our branch AGM will be on Saturday, 5th of July, 2003. We are also planning to go to the national BRPS AGM on Saturday, 21st of June, 2003, at Bournemouth by coach. So hopefully as many members as possible will be able to attend. Our annual social do has still not been arranged and this is partly due to the delay in the response to our funding application. This year we need to arrange more fundraising events as funds are needed for research. We always need volunteers with lots of time so if you feel you can offer something, even time, please contact Joan on 020 8660 Devon and Cornwall branch, Carmel Harford. As I write this, the wind is howling and a flood warning has just been given on the radio. Hopefully by the time you read this, the weather will have improved and lighter evenings will be evident. Our branch raised money in 2002 in many different ways, with coffee mornings, fates, donations from family and friends, store collections and the popular cream tea in July at Crevithorn Farm, to name but a few. As a result of fundraising, Graham Harford presented a cheque for £3,000 when Professor John Marshall gave an update on research and introduced research student Paul Constable at the AGM of the SD&C Institute for the Blind in Plymouth. A photograph shows Professor Marshall receiving the cheque. The Institute has agreed to provide funding of £41,965 for Paul's three-year research programme. We are very grateful for their support. We shall see our friends old and new in Bournemouth later in the year. Good health to you all. Dorset Branch, David Walsh. It is dark, cold and gloomy outside at the time of writing and there is talk of war in Iraq. But there is a light shining over the possible start of treatment for RP. Angela Oxford, the branch's hard-working treasurer, announced to our members during the branch's open coffee morning last October that she has, on behalf of the branch, sent over £6,000 this year to the research fund. Well done, everyone. Meanwhile, plans are being made towards the next branch annual general meeting, which will include inviting Dr Andrew Webster, a university lecturer from London. The meeting will be held on Saturday the 29th of March 2003 at the Garland Road Day Centre, Garland Road, Poole, commencing at 10.30am until approximately 3.30pm. And of course there will be a free ploughman's lunch available. Meanwhile, let us all hope and pray for a more peaceful new year. Essex and Suffolk branch, Val Banmore. Spring is here and we're off at a run, being very busy raising funds and trying to beat all previous branch records. We achieved some spectacular fundraising in 2002 and I feel encouraged that we'll achieve at least as well if not better in 2003. September 2002's Stride for Sight ended up by bringing in very nearly £3,000, £2,608 to be exact. That makes it really worth the effort. 
We will be doing the same thing again in September, which gives you plenty of time to get legs and feet in training and badger all friends, relatives and employers to sponsor you for the event. We look forward to enjoying a stroll in the sun along the seafront with as many members as can make it. Our 2003 AGM is arranged to take place at St John's Hospital Social Club on Saturday the 15th of March from 12.30pm. We will be providing a buffet lunch and we'll hear Lizzie Winchester speak. Lizzie is a genetics nurse at Moorfields Eye Hospital. We look forward to seeing you then. Steve Carrington of Haybridge, Essex donated funds he collected from visitors to his display of Christmas decorations. They included £50 from his local Sainsbury's, whose manager happens to live next door and was suitably impressed. I wish I'd seen it. It sounds fun. Just the thing to cheer you up after fighting the late-night Christmas shopping crowds. Thanks, Steve. Many thanks to Peter and Sheila Martin, whose patient and persistent peeling of stamps from their envelopes has resulted in £150 being raised. If you have any stamps to send Peter, I'm sure he'll be pleased to have something to do on those nights when there's nothing on the telly. If you can help, please contact an Essex branch committee member. There are clearly some lively people in our branch. I see from Linda's newsletter that Jerry Colley sent £115 raised at his wife's retirement party as a result of a guest impersonating Elvis Presley. Something else I didn't get invited to. At the time of writing, I know of several events which are more than just a gleam in Colin's eye, but about which we are biting our nails because we are waiting for the rush of members willing to make these events a roaring success. Go on, don't be shy. Come along and have fun. Keep an eye out for the postman bringing Linda's local newsletter for the latest news. Best wishes for successful fundraising. Hampshire Branch, Martin Mulholland. I hope that you all had a good Christmas. As spring arrives, so does our new collection year and we currently have the following early collections. 22nd of March, Fairham Centre. 26th of April, Newbury. 4th of May, Leckford Water Gardens. 24th of May, Basingstoke Festival Place. And 7th of June, Fleet. Please let me or one of the committee know if you are able to help at any of these. I am particularly pleased to add Leckford Water Gardens, which are open from 2pm to 5pm. We collect and keep all of the admission money on the day, so please inform your friends and colleagues and encourage them to come along. It should be a good day out. Martin Mulholland, 01962 Email M Mulhol, that's M-M-U-L-H-O-L-L, at clara.co.uk London Branch, Matthew Tagney We are delighted that Celador, the firm best known for producing the hit TV show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, has donated £2,500 for BRPS through the London Branch. We are also very pleased with the outcome of our first go at carol singing. A couple of hours by a brave band of volunteers at two tube stations on a December Saturday netted £550 for BRPS. We also received two euros and a London dungeon token. We then enjoyed lunch together in a West End hostelry. We plan to repeat the experience next year. Finally, we are grateful for a donation of £100 from a branch member. Thanks, Neil. All are welcome to our party on the 8th of February at Kettner's, or join us for other events we are planning for this year. See our website or call Iona for details. Reminder of branch contact numbers. Alex, Treasurer and Welfare, 07779605060. Matthew, Secretary, 020-7735-3428. Iona, Chair, 
07971 Norfolk Branch, Ted Booty. Our last fundraising event of last year was a wonderful art exhibition that was organised by Vic Rowe, the proceeds of which were divided between RP and St Nicholas Church, Deerham. This was a grand opportunity also to educate the visitors about RP. The final result was that we were able to contribute the sum of £313 to research. Whilst our AGM is not until March, I am pleased to say that £1,100 will be sent to headquarters for research. I would like to congratulate all in the branch who have given up so much time and effort in achieving this sum. That's all the good news, but I'm afraid that there is some bad news inasmuch that my eldest daughter Carol has recently been diagnosed as having RP. This was rather a shock, but I'm pleased to say that she is getting on with her life, not only by leading the local scout troop, but having just been elected as chair of the ladies' circle. Should you require any information about the branch activities, or you just wish to talk, please do not hesitate in contacting any of the following. Jean Rowe, Welfare, 01362 694271. Pat Crawford, Welfare, 01953 483442. Ted Booty, Branch Chairman, 01362 692510. Editor's Note. I must apologise for an error in Pat Crawford's telephone number in the last issue. It should read 01953 483442. Sorry, Pat. Northern Ireland branch, Graham Smith. Just to say thank you to everyone who attended the last meeting in November and to welcome the new members from the North West branch. You are most welcome and I hope you will all continue to support our branch. The next meeting is the AGM on March the 1st at Jury's Inn Hotel, Belfast. The speaker will be Professor Chakravarthi. Flag Day will be Thursday the 5th of June 2003. All collectors are most welcome. Useful telephone numbers. Bernie Armstrong, 02890 620 and Graham Smith, 02825 New members are always wanted, so if you know of anyone with RP, pass on the good word. South East Scotland branch, Ken Reid. We have all been a bit quiet up here of late, but I just want to assure everyone that things keep ticking over in South East Scotland much as normal. We are meeting four times a year at Nicholson Square Methodist Church in Edinburgh and would always be happy to meet new members. The end of 2002 saw us enjoy two interesting meetings with a return visit by a long-standing friend of the branch, Dr Alan Wright from the Western General Hospital in Edinburgh. Alan has been involved in RP research for over 20 years and has been involved in key breakthroughs in understanding this disease. The last meeting of the year was very different when we were joined by Ian Prime, a member of our branch and captain of the Scottish Blind Golf Club. It was amazing to hear how blind golfers prove the importance of capability and not disability in life. And Ian is looking forward to the annual challenge against the English blind golfers as honours are currently even, be- even between the two teams. We were delighted to hear that the founder of our branch and chairman for 20 years was honoured in the New Year Honours List. Professor Cliff Beavers was awarded the OBE for services to mathematics, although it would have been equally deserved for services to RP. Many congratulations for Cliff from all his friends in BRPS. 
Anyone seeking more information on the branch should contact me on 01620-894632. West of Scotland branch, Ian McLenaghan. We bring our members the sad news of the passing of Jeanette Jeffrey of Bishop Briggs, who died last November. She'd been a committee member for many years, and we always valued her support and thoughtful contributions at our meetings. We extend our sincere condolences to her three daughters and their families. Although our branch AGM will be passed by the time you read this report, the members will have reluctantly decided to reduce the number of meetings to only three a year. It is planned to have meetings on the first Saturday of the following months. 1st of February, branch AGM, 7th of June and 4th of October in 2003. A local branch newsletter will advise you of the speakers we have invited and hopefully the dates of our fundraising events. Our treasurer, Marion Renfrew, has told me that we've raised £9,900 last year without our fundraising in East Kilbride in November, which was cancelled by mutual agreement. We do thank all the members who gave up their time and helped fundraise in East Kilbride and St Enoch Square. Do you have an enclosed shopping mall whose management we may approach? Please give Marion a ring, as we sometimes have to ask as long as two years in advance. Do it now. Her telephone number is 01505 812 840. Did I tell you of the two members of the branch who live in Castle Douglas and who celebrated their golden wedding last year? Their friends and family were asked not to give them a gift but to donate to the BRPS Research Fund, which benefited by over £500. Now that is a golden idea. Wiltshire Branch, Christopher James. Sorry I have not written for a couple of issues, but I've been busy with the property move. After a few complications, we eventually moved into Rawton at the end of June. Paul Turner did his annual walk along 15 miles of the Ridgeway and raised £151 in sponsorship. Collecting boxes from the GW Hotel and the White House pubs raised around £40. The White House has been my local pub since 1983, but within six months of me moving from that area, the pub has been demolished and flats are due to be constructed on the site. It just goes to show I cannot keep all the pubs open. On my recent visit to the Oxford Eye Hospital, I was told that the site in my right eye was now 1 to 18. What normal sight would see from 18 metres, I could see from a metre. And I have no sight left in my left eye. I have been recommended to have a cataract operation on my right eye in the spring. I still have some RP ties for sale at £5 in various colours, if anyone is interested. My new phone number is 01793 Yorkshire branch, Mary Horsey. As I write this on a January morning, by the time you receive your newsletter it will be too late to wish you a happy new year, but I could not miss the opportunity to send you my best wishes for a good year in 2003. The branch has again done well with their fundraising. £11,000 was sent to the head office last year and was due to the diligent work of just a few of our members. This stalwart band of volunteers are so few and beginning to feel the effects of increasing age that I am now pleading for new volunteers to come forward. You may like to offer a little of your time with our collections or provide new ideas for further fundraising. This year, even more money is required for continued research and in particular for clinical trials which are fast approaching. Volunteers are urgently required to help with the following collections. Bradford, Saturday the 24th of May at Morrison's Store, Bradford. Hull area, Saturday the 10th of May, Prince's Quay, Hull. Saturday the 7th of June, Tesco Store, Beverly Road, Hull. 
and Saturday the 26th of July, Morrison's Store, Beverly. Chesterfield area, Saturday the 17th of May, Mansfield Town Centre. Saturday the 19th of July, Sainsbury's Store, Chesterfield. And Friday the 25th of July, Chesterfield Town Centre, Market Day. A reminder that the AGM is the 5th of April at 1.30pm at Centre for Deaf and Blind Leeds, where Professor Chris Ingelhan will again be with us for a question and answer session on genetic research in relation to RP. We hope to see as many of you as possible, with or without questions. Your presence will be appreciated. Letter from Hilary Davis, Dunblane. I agree with the comment in the letters column of the winter edition about the need for us to be more active in influencing those who provide statutory health and welfare services. Because sight loss does not result in acute illness and death, our needs are often low priority in restricted financial situations. I am co-convener of a group in my local authority area who have got together to try and influence the level of local services which has extremely limited hospital and community-based services to support VI people and those close to them. Many are all VI people with a range of sight-affecting conditions. We aim to learn from and support each other as well as to affect local awareness of needs and the gaps in services. If any readers live in the Stirling Council area in central Scotland, please get in touch. So far, after our first two meetings, we have just two people with RP in our group of 17. Those who are concerned to support our aims are welcome to join as associate members of the group, which is called Stirling VIPs. Contact me on 01786 821210 or email Magazine article. I have received a phone call from a magazine called Company, which has a readership of young women in their 20s. They would like to produce an article about a girl in the 20 to 30 age group who has RP. They would like to concentrate on the limitations posed by RP and the steps taken by the person to overcome these difficulties. They asked if I would name someone, but although I can think of several, our confidentiality promise does not allow me to give out our members' names for such a purpose. However, if you're in this age range and would like to tell your story, could you telephone Jenny Wood on 020-7312-3960? Birthday Cards by Maureen Leach I think we should offer a big thank you to Anne Fisher's sister, Connie Cree, and her friend Edith Lang for their contribution to our funds. Connie and Edith sell beautifully designed handmade birthday cards for £1 each and give all their takings to BRPS. In 2002 they gave us over £2,500 and look set to do at least the same in 2003. They set up stalls at venues such as craft fairs, art festivals, bazaars, etc., which not only makes money, but also has the benefit of raising the profile of RP. Look out for a stall at the AGM in Bournemouth. Obituaries. Eulogy for Mr Charlie Baxter, 13th of March 1919 to 2nd of December 2002, aged 83 years, Coventry and District Branch. It is with deep regret and sadness that we have to tell you of the sad loss of Charlie Baxter. Charlie had been ill for some seven months after suffering a major stroke. His family had supported him all through his debilitation until his final release. Our deepest condolences go to his wife Gwen, his daughter Jean Bartlam and her husband Richard, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and all the family. 
Charlie was a stolid supporter of RP, always standing until he could barely hold the collection box. He would always say, let me collect a little longer, I can get more in my tin for RP research. After he had to give up collecting, he still supported the branch fundraising in various ways, cajoling others to do the same, and at social events, events he would circulate, always stopping to have a chat with everyone. Charlie, you will always be remembered. Your smile is engraved on our memory. On flag days, we will always think of you with fondness, wishing that we hadn't had to say goodbye. All our love, Charlie, wherever you are. Whatever you're doing, we know that you will be looking down on us. God bless. Vic Button, Hampshire Branch. It is with great sadness that we report the death of Hampshire Branch member Vic Button on 11th of November 2002 at age 71. Vic joined the branch almost 15 years ago and over much of that time was a frequent tin shaker at our various collections. He was also a very keen Southampton Football Club supporter and attended most home games with his son. Although he could not see the game, he listened to the commentary on his radio and absorbed the atmosphere by being there. We often used to tease him at collections about Southampton's relegation prospects, but he never minded. He will be missed. We pass on our condolences to his wife Beryl and his family. Beryl asks for donations to the RP Research Fund rather than flowers, as this is what Vic would have wanted. Next newsletter. Items for inclusion in the next newsletter, Spring 2003, must be with the editor by the 10th of April 2003. The editor's address is Mr S. D. Higgins, 54 Paddock Road, Newbury, Barks. RG 14 7DG. That is the end of the newsletter. Please do not return the tape to the BRPS office.